Hi, everyone. Welcome to the March 20th ASF Weekly Science Podcast. Now, normally, I try to stay away from TikTok trends or trends on social media that are just a little bizarre, but there's been growing evidence that people on social media, specifically TikTok, are helping others with their own mental illnesses, and now, from what I hear about it, autism. Well, I'm all for self-help and awareness and encouraging others to receive a formal diagnosis, this sort of advice on social media can be dangerous. I'm also very well aware of the lack of clinicians who can provide an accurate diagnosis to a previously undiagnosed adult. So many people are desperate for some sort of solution, and TikTok seemingly provides a cheap, easy, and harmless way for individuals to get a diagnosis for themselves or for someone else. But I want to remind everyone, not everyone is a trained clinician, including a friend that you saw do something on TikTok that you think applies to you. If they do, then it's time to see a trained clinician. There are many that can assess people, even adults, for a variety of psychological issues and mental illnesses. Now, there's no documented evidence of any sort of autism TikTok trend yet, The new trend is self-diagnosis of things like ADHD and even causing things like tick disorders. Where is this happening? TikTok? Have you ever heard of TikTok? If you've never heard of it, then good for you. It's a social media application. Actually, I call it a cesspool, where you take pictures and add voiceovers or songs or even more commonly videos. And people normally take videos of themselves. I Okay, I'm going to go back. It's not always a cesspool. Full disclosure, I use it and I follow a lot of cute pictures of people's dogs and cats and I'm here for that. However, TikTok doesn't stop at these adorable pets. There are all sorts of trends on this medium. They range from different dances that people do in front of their mirrors to even encouraging kids to eat laundry detergent or destroy public school bathrooms. Now, although social media can reduce mental health stigma and improve health literacy, there's also concern about misinformation and the potential for illness and health anxiety due to the volume of unmoderated, user-generated content. There's a word for anxiety due to this unmoderated, user-generated content and the effects that it has, and it's called cyberchondria. And while I just talked about things like eating laundry detergent, these dangerous trends have moved into the mental health arena as well. For example, TikTok videos have been implicated in a recent rise of tick-like behaviors in adolescents. Yes, TikTok is seeing a rise of tick-like behaviors. It's thought that exposure to tick-related videos is responsible for this phenomenon. Now, not all ticks or Tourette's syndrome are related to social media, But there are studies that have linked ticks to watching some of these TikTok videos called TikTok Tourette's. For example, teen girls are watching TikTok videos featuring influencers who do have ticks. Then, because they're watching these videos so often, their brains start to mimic the ticks. The girls, in fact, do have ticks, and they're called functional ticks, and it's called a functional neurological disorder. This means they're related to stressors over things like the course of the pandemic, and they manifest themselves as ticks because the girls are watching ticks on TikTok. 
So in another case, an analysis followed an index case or patient zero of someone who was talking about their own Tourette's syndrome. This was a popular German YouTube videoer who posts extensively about his own Tourette's syndrome. Viewers were inspired by his experiences, and then they themselves started exhibiting some bizarre movements and vocalizations that were similar, but also inconsistent with Tourette's syndrome. Scientists are all able to, able to track this because everything you watch on TikTok and everything you access on TikTok is tracked. In some cases, the similarities were striking. However, other examples took them a bit further. There were a group of watchers who mimicked the tics almost exactly, even saying the same vocal tic over and over again. But then in some groups, the vocal tics became more extreme, complex, and then the tics became destructive, like throwing things. They also became more frequent and more numerous in type than is typical for Tourette's. So the propagation of tick-like behaviors across TikTok is a reflection of the impact of social media platforms on health behaviors. These ticks can be treated, but they also could have been avoided in the first place. So let's turn to ADHD. Now, I'm not aware of any causal links between TikTok and ADHD, but what about the quality of the information about ADHD that's presented on TikTok? An analysis published last year out of Canada sorted through millions of TikTok videos with a hashtag of ADHD. They narrowed down these videos that had the highest share and watch rate, and they took the top 100. Psychiatrists, clinicians, and others examined them and rated them. 52% were misleading, 27% were personal experiences only, and the remaining 21% were considered useful. The personal experience ones were the ones most often watched, but just by a hair over the ones that were rated as misleading. But the ones labeled useful got the least amount of views. So what are some examples that I'm talking about of misleading, useful, and personal experiences? So for example, examples of misleading videos were those describing ADHD paralysis and some where the brain won't let people physically do anything. There was a video that stated that ADHD is equally common in girls and boys and only intensify with the onset of puberty. There was a video stating that anxiety shivers, random noise making, and being competitive are symptoms of ADHD. There was a video stating that individuals with ADHD are either understimulated or overstimulated. Some of the examples of the useful videos included Videos describing that auditory processing disorder can be comorbid with ADHD and that audiological assessments is required to be diagnosed. There was a video explaining that individuals with ADHD may need extra time to find missing items and have anxiety about future tasks and suggests that proper treatment can improve the quality of life. There was also describing there was also a video describing ADHD signs and symptoms such as needing to repeat other information, forgetfulness, or struggling to complete tasks. So what happened on the personal experience videos? So there was a video of an individual describing their own personal experience of inattentive ADHD symptoms, including things like self-doubt, feeling overwhelmed, and thoughts of procrastinating. There was also a video of an individual describing their personal experience of being distracted while performing a task. 
It's important to note, though, that all three of these types were equally understandable to the audience. It was kind of disturbing, though, that the ones that were misleading were the ones that were watched the most and also shared the most, and that there were so many of them, 57%. It seems that people liked lived experience videos, but whether or not they're accurate and whether or not they help, that's not clear. Another analysis goes even farther into this phenomenon, boosted by the rise of ticks and girls after watching videos of Tourette's on TikTok. So this author describes two different explanations. One is called mass media mental illness, and the other is Munchausen's by internet. In these scenarios, TikTokers are showing others how to mimic signs of a mental illness or a condition. They may have merchandise for sale, or even prevent ways to fake the illness for medication, which is pretty common with ADHD, or ways to get out of school or other obligations. If you've never heard the term Munchausen, it's a syndrome where parents usually manufacture an illness in their children to get attention. In this case, people are faking their own illness to gain attention. Sometimes they go to a doctor and the doctor diagnoses them with something else, but they insist it's the, the disorder they saw on TikTok. If the doctor or healthcare professional pushes back, they're called insensitive or ableist. Then these victims post their own TikToks or share their own experiences on social media, and the whole thing spreads like wildfire. These are both the result of a deep desire to be seen. Online disclosure, particularly of an illness, fosters a sense of intimacy that may exceed that in a face-to-face -face communication. We're all on the internet now. We're all communicating over social media. Receivers of these online disclosures may be more likely than those of face-to-face -face interactions to attribute this to interpersonal closeness rather than other motives. This may be a big motivation. So what does this all have to do with autism? It's a warning. If anyone on TikTok interprets your behaviors as autism without you seeing a clinician, that's a red flag. If they try to sell you something, that's a red flag. If they tell you to resist the advice of a trained clinician, that's a red flag. If the more you watch these videos, the more you feel you have an autism diagnosis, don't just assume you do. You're missing the opportunity for specific interventions and supports. You're becoming a victim of predators on the internet looking for attention. You all deserve the correct diagnosis and to get the help that you need. And just because you see it on TikTok doesn't mean it's true. Remember, these TikTok videos are also brought to you by the same people who are encouraging kids to rip the toilets out of school bathrooms and re-record them and reshare them so other people do the same. Thanks for listening this week. Talk to you next week.